So when I travel, I, like I was saying, I want to make sure my house is clean. My dishes are like clean and put away because like when you have like, when you come back from travel, obviously you have dirty laundry, dirty dishes. And so I want to be able to put all of that shit in the appliance and start washing and cleaning ASAP. But you know, after the podcast, I'm going to be packing all of my meals. Mm -hmm. Um, actually I really like doing that. I, I don't know. I have this thing where it's like, I really enjoy like putting food in containers and stacking up my containers in my fridge. Cause like, I don't meal prep each week. Like I meal prep in bulk. So I have like big, like tubs of shit, but not in like these little cute little individual packages. So like when I travel, it's like, it's like Tetris in my fridge. It's like, Oh, so good. So good. Hey, we should do an episode on traveling with food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Putting it on the list. It's on the list. It's on, on the list. list. It's on the list. Hell yeah. I love it. No, I love traveling with my meals. Like, even at the airport, it's not a big deal because I, I know that I'm on my shit uh-huh. and it makes me really happy. Yeah. No, I don't even care. Like, I'll be going through TSA and they'll be checking everything and spot checking everything. And I'm just mm-hmm. checking it all. Check it all. Go ahead. Go See, ahead. Put, put your grubby paws on it. Yeah, I already know. I already know how to do this. Like, I remember I got real, real tactical one time and I needed um, I needed egg whites. And so I knew that I needed my egg whites after my flight. So I froze my egg whites in the carton and I they got through TSA and they were like, oh, you're 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 good at this. And I was like, I am. Like, I am. I love it. No, I remember because you peanut butter is considered a paste. Yeah. So you obviously still have to abide by the correct rules. Yeah. And so like Justin's coming in clutch with their little like individually wrapped like two tablespoons. Like Grant, I still weigh it out because sometimes it's not exactly like 32 grams. But like, I appreciate the companies that are like, fuck you, TSA. Like, here's how we're going to help the consumer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll like, I'll bring my, like if I bring uh, any nut butter, I'll just pack, I'll pack in my suitcase and then mm-hmm. I'll just bring those packets on the plane if I need yeah. them if I need them that day right exactly exactly I love it I love it what are we talking about today Britt stress <laughs> it's like that like one like <laughs> stress stress and how it's ruining your, your gains oh that sounds nice um yeah. So stress and why it's ruining your games. It is the most important factor to be able to moderate when it comes to building muscle or losing fat or mm-hmm. anything in regards to your health. Like that's why it's so harped on. I'm sure like that some, some of you that are listening is like, why are they always talking about stress? Why is Dominic train always talking about stress? Like why is, why is everyone always talking about stress? And it's because it's that important. Um, it's much, I know that the forefront of fitness and, and muscle building and wellness is always like what you, what you do to get mm-hmm. there, which will be like eating, which will be training, which will be the body that you see when it's doing all of those things. Um, and in the back ends, what those people are actually really good at is moderating their stress. Um, And so that is that it like they're they're good at moderating their stress with all of that load on them. Um, And so we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, The differences between stress, cortisol response, how it ties into hypertrophy. um, What is stress? And if it's not always a feeling, what can you look at? 
and then some stress management tactics that we listed. So it's going to be a good episode today. Exactly. So why don't we go first off about defining stress? So specifically it's a physiological stress. So like it can be any external or internal condition that challenges the homeostasis of a cell or organism. And homeostasis is kind of like your body's like happy medium. It's like not too hot, not too cold. It's like just right. And your body, your body like regulates homeostasis in every single like cell and organism, like every single organ is going to have this like specific homeostatic point. And like Britt was telling us earlier, it's not just a feeling. So when you feel stressed, that's kind of when you're fucked, right? That's when like that cup of stress is boiling over. It is being, you're pouring so much stress into this cup and it's like just completely going all, all over the place. But there are also different types of stress you might not even consider being a stress because they're just, you know, your daily activities. But when we think of stress, we're thinking of, okay, resistance training, that's a stress to the body. You are eliciting a cortisol response. Your cardio is stress. We're thinking of things like trauma. It can be both emotional and physical poor sleep quality and duration is a stress to the body having crappy digestion, no pun intended, but like, that's not, you know, that's not great. The body doesn't like to have poor digestion. And then also dieting, like, dieting's a stress, like spoiler alert, your body doesn't like to be in a caloric deficit. Like I was saying earlier, like it likes to be in this like happy balancing point of homeostasis and a caloric deficit disrupts that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, with stress, there's also the perceived stress too, right? So there's work, there's work stress. There's, I have a lot of work stress, like, uh, family stress, um, lack of boundaries within your relationships. So that can be mentally taxing. Um, like I have an individual I work with here that always walks into my office and doesn't like, let me know when he walks into my office. And I like, I like, I, I literally have, I have a stress response. I'm like, Oh my God, why? God. Um, deadlines, the future worries, friendship circles. So these are all, I, those are all perceived stressors. And so there's a difference between physical stressors and mental and health stressors. It's not always a feeling. Um, and we're going to get into that a lot more of that a little bit later in this episode, but just remember that like stress is all around us. It's all there all the time. And so it's not about, I hear people say like, how can I avoid stress? And I don't really like that um, because it's like, I'm thinking you can't avoid it. It's Mm -hmm. going to be there, but how can you mediate and how can you work through stress um, filling up in those areas that, you know, that fill you up, I guess, like, and and backing off on areas that do not. Um, And so those are going to be things that are really important. Absolutely. I think it's really important to understand that when we're talking about stress, we're really talking about chronic stress, like essentially that your body's allostatic load, that cumulative stress, when we're talking about stress being bad, because stress in and of itself is not inherently bad. We adapt to it. We get better. We get stronger. Like cortisol is not like this demon hormone. That's like fucking up your life. Like if you don't have it, that's a serious autoimmune disorder. Like you have to have cortisol in your system, but the thing is you want to have the right amount and you want to have cortisol at the right time. You don't want it elevated 24 seven because eventually your adrenals are going to shit the bed and then you're not going to have any cortisol. And then if you think you feel bad, hyper-stressed, 
imagine the reverse, like feeling crap all the time because your body just can't meet up with the demands. But going back to acute stress, like cortisol of itself helps to maintain your blood pressure. It increases your heart rate because it stimulates epinephrine. Um, it helps to influence, you know, anti-inflammation processes in the body and also influences immune function. So cortisol helps to increase blood glucose. Cause again, if you're stressed, you want to make sure that your body has fuel to respond to the stressor. So it makes sense that you're going to have elevated blood glucose. It also helps to vasoconstrictor arteries. It also is going to suppress the insulin production and going to shut blood flow to necessary muscles and away from processes like digestion that isn't going to help to prepare the body for, you know, the fight or flight response. Right. And then there's chronic stress. And so chronic stress is being in a state in, in this stress state all the time, um, to the point where it influences the body's physiology and it contributes to the body's allostatic load and cumulative stress. So, um, Acute stress is like just those things that you think about when you feel stressed, right? Like I feel like my heart rate is increasing um, because I'm nervous. That is an acute stress response. Well, imagine being like that all the time. Like that is chronic stress. Um, imagine BG levels being elevated all the time. That is a sign of chronic stress. Um, so chronic stress is really what we want to stay away from. Acute stress is are just our body's normal reactions when we're when we're in that evolutionary phase of like from being cavemen to being the humans we are now we have reactions to danger and it's the same thing here like we do the same thing but th the thing is now is that we have lots of stimulation um, that causes chronic stress and so and that's because we have more choices in the things that we do during the day um, and then also like screen time can, can really affect chronic stress other, like amongst other things, I won't get too far into it, but there's the point is there's lots of things nowadays that cause chronic stress. And so it's something that we need to overcome, um, and, and make sure that we don't, we don't encounter that. Exactly. Exactly. So specifically when this ties into muscle hypertrophy, we want to look at when the body is stressed, it's going to prioritize basic functions over your, you know, physique goals. Like again, like your body makes decisions to help you stay alive. It's not that it hates you. It's not that it's working against you. I mean, it very well may be working against you, but it's again, trying to keep you alive. So over a time when you are just experiencing chronic, chronic stress, you're going to notice a decrease in testosterone, which that testosterone is going to decrease that muscle protein synthesis. And you're also your sex drives so your libido is going to tank because you just don't have the test. You're going to notice decrease in progesterone. Essentially that cortisol pathway is going to be prioritized over progesterone. So ladies, you might lose your menstrual cycle in periods of very, very high stress. There's a reason for it. If you're super stressed out, your body's like, you ain't having a baby. Like yeah, there's no it's way not, it's not even thinking it's like, that's not, it's first thing it's thinking about. It's thinking about making sure that you're, you're safe and that you're good. And, um, so yeah, uh, that's why a lot of times, like when you're in a caloric deficit, for those of you that are competitors, it's very common, like mm -hmm. to lose your period, um, because your hormonal function is just much different. Um, and it's the body's no longer thinking about, uh, you having a baby anymore. <laughs> so yeah 
Exactly. Exactly. You also have a decreased insulin sensitivity, which is going to contribute to insulin resistance and increasing adiposity gain around, you know, your midsection, which is why you can see like kind of like that, that apple shape that people refer to. Yeah. That's like all that visceral fat because of your elevated cortisol. I can, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like I can literally like at the times where I, my blood glucose levels are really high, like just elevated. Um, you can see like where I was storing fat and it was a lot more around the the waist. Um, Mm -hmm. and for, of course, women, it's butt and thighs, but I was definitely storing a lot more like in the waist section. Um, and now like I actually had this over this past week, my, my glucose levels actually started rising again. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because it increases in food and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not worried about it. It's, it's just something that happens in your off season, but, um, you can tell that I, because I'm less chronically stressed, like I am gaining weight in the ways that I want to like in via muscle, like me. And so I'm like very happy with that, but it's interesting for me to look back at my previous progress photos and like, Oh, I can tell right here. I was really stressed and inflamed. Um, so yeah, that's, Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember posting a transformation Tuesday where it wasn't even like, you know, my heaviest weight. Like it was kind of like when I first started with Mark and I was like around 145, but like I was storing so much abdominal fat. Like it looked really, really bad. And then like, here I am 10 pounds heavier and I look a lot leaner because that fat like migrated to like different areas. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, even when I had, when I had, um, come off my last prep phase and I was, I was super stressed then like, Mm -hmm. I mean, generally like after, if you don't know how to moderate your stress and you don't reverse properly, like you are going to be extremely stressed during that time. And I didn't reverse properly like my last competition. Um, and I, like, you can tell, like when I was gaining weight, it was literally only in that area. Like it was like, and the rest of me was still super small. Like, And that's so depressing, right? It's cause like, you know, you're not gaining muscle. Like you're the areas you want to be improving aren't improving. And you're just like getting fat around your midsection, which is like just such a double-edged sword. Like it just sucks all around. Oh God. Okay. Let's keep going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> good times. <laughs> good times. Good times. Oh, memory lane. But no, but also again, you're also going to be decreasing your thyroid output and that's going to influence, you know, the rate of your metabolism, i.e. like making it slower, but you're not ruining it. It's just downregulating. Like it's just an adaptation. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be influencing dopamine and melatonin, which is going to be leading to poor quality sleep and low motivation, cognitive decline, which as we talked about earlier, that poor quality sleep is a stressor too. So you're just, you know, essentially it's just spirals out of control where, you know, one of these things helps to influence the other in the negative direction, which is just exactly what we don't want to be doing. Um, it also skews leptin and ghrelin signaling, um, which is going to be increasing your hunger and decreasing satiety. So it's going to be increasing your cravings for like highly palatable foods, like sugar, sweets, processed foods, stuff that's fatty. And this is where like stress eating kind of comes about, like it's your brain telling you to eat because you want to be, you know, prepared for this harmful situation, but like, you don't necessarily need to be eating. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that term like really comes from. You're going to hear, like, I'm going to touch on a little bit later, a couple of terms that even like just random terms that you would think, think nothing of like butterflies in your stomach. Um, there's, there's this, that's a stress response, um, that impacts digestion, right? 
um, stress eating is literally, it's, it's a reaction to the stressors that you feel. Okay, so there, it's these aren't just terms just because they're terms. They're there because there's a there's a literal there's literally a response that happens um, when you're when you're engaging. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, unfortunately, being bombarded with daily stressors and not finding ways to manage them can lead to higher cortisol levels and overeating. Um, so higher cortisol levels, you're more likely to overeat, and then an eventual decrease in total cortisol and cortisone um, can lead to adrenal fatigue. So you can spot this on a Dutch test um, by a flatlined cortisol reading. And this is normally, will feel like terrible all the time, um, where you might feel like really fatigued and you just don't have like any motivation to do anything. Um, and you're just having trouble sleeping, insulin resistance, all of those things. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, it's not, it's easy to spot in general without a Dutch test or without any type of testing. If you're, if you're mindful enough, like to know, like, you know, I don't feel right. Um, exactly. I actually worked with a client who was suffering from this. You know, she was in her second pri- trimester. Um, she has PCOS and she just, she would sleep, but wake up and feel exhausted, like just completely, completely awful all the time. And so we had to take her Dutch test. Um, saw that cortisol response and literally it was just a flat line. Like it looks so pathetic. Like it was really, really sad. We were able to implement some like normal, like light therapy situations. We were able to, um, add in adaptogen by morphogen nutrition to help with her adrenal support. And then also some other supplementation to help, um, just try to kind of recover from this. And I checked in with her last week and like, she actually feels like a person again. And that's just awesome to like, here as a coach, knowing that you took this client from like feeling like absolute garbage to just feeling like you can function now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, how how do you know if you're stressed, if it's not always a feeling? Um, so again, like most of the time, I think if, even if you Google what stress is, like it's, it has a lot to do with perceived stress. Mm -hmm. Like how do you feel? Um, but if it's not always a feeling, then what areas can you look at to see whether or not you're stressed? Because a lot of people don't know how stressed they are because they think that they don't feel stressed. Um, so one of the things that you can look at is your sleep pattern. Like how long are you able to sleep? Are you able to fall asleep um, after sleep? Are you groggy or are you refreshed? Is there anything that could impact your, your deep sleep state or um, all cycles of your sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, so. For example, like I know we like weed, but weed can impact your um, <laughs> weed. <laughs> she goes, I know we like weed. I know we do. No, because it's like when I talk about this, um, people often get confused and they're like, wouldn't that help your sleep? And it does help you fall asleep, but it impacts the quality of your sleep. So I find that people that use it chronically that can that feel as though they can't relax without it they use it to fall asleep, but they end up feeling like tired all the time um, because it impacts their REM sleep, which is thought to be like the most restful part of your sleep. That's where you sort out, um, that's where your brain sorts out memories. It's where it sorts out all types of information. Um, And that's where you dream. Um, And so that is, that's really important. lack of recovery from cardio and training. So if you're always sore and never fully recovered, you don't have motivation in the gym, you've hit a plateau, 
that might be an indicator that you're extremely stressed, either from like a deficit that you're in. You might not know you're in a caloric deficit, but you are. Um, not being properly fueled or not sleeping well, right? Like that's also going to be an impact. So think about that. Like, so if you have lack of recovery, think about why you might have lack of recovery. Um, so try to decipher that way and play Tetris like that. Um, issues with sex drive. So like what the, all the hormones that Ashley just mentioned, um, that is going to impact your sex drive. And so if you have issues with, well, like if you have issues hormonally, then you have issues with your sex drive, which let, can let you know, like you're pretty stressed right. somewhere you're stressed. Okay. Um, immune system. So do you get sick often? Um, do you always feel like you're, you have a cold or you have to stay away from people? Um, you have just compromised immune function. If your energy levels throughout the day are not consistent, um, meaning like your sleep wake cycle is a little wonky, um, that might be something to, to look at as well. Like if you randomly just like tank in energy and you don't know why there's a problem, um, or you just have no energy, you're just not, not happy, just not happy all the time. doesn't matter if you sleep 10 hours, you're just not rested. Um, and this is a big one. So I put like, you know, a lot here for digestion, um, digestion, bloating and irregularity is not normal. And it doesn't always have to do with food or supplements being an issue. Okay. So a lot of times like we think like, oh, if I'm bloating and I'm irregular, it's because of what I'm eating or because I'm not hydrated or whatever. And, you know, it could be those things. I'm not ruling those out, but it could also be a lot of other things. Um, so the gut brain connection can link anxiety to the stomach problems and vice versa. So like I was talking about earlier, like terms like gut wrenching and butterflies in your stomach when you feel stress. Those are there for a reason. Um, we use those expressions for to explain stressful times. Um, and the gastrointestinal tract is sensitive to emotion. This includes anger, anxiety, sadness, excitement, um, elation, fear. Um, all of these can trigger potentially adverse symptoms in the gut. So how this happens is the brain has a direct effect on the stomach and intestines without going too far into it. Um, so for example, like the thought of eating can release stomach acid before the food gets there or the sight of food. Um, you start digesting food when you look at it or when you smell it. Um, so troubled intestines can send signals to the brain just as a troubled brain can send signals to the gut. Um, and so a person's stomach or distress can be the cause of or like the cause or the product of anxiety, stress, or depression. Um, so if you are dealing with a lot of mental health issues and you notice that you are having trouble, like going to the restroom, there, there is a, a big indicator there that you're probably really systemically stressed or you have issues with your gut and therefore you might want to like play some Tetris and look at what's going on with your GI system um, because the brain and the GI system are, they're very intimately connected. So that's really important. Right. And we keep saying gut brain axis, but a lot of people don't realize that there's actually a specific nerve that the gut brain axis is kind of like alluding to. And that's the vagus nerve. Like that's the nerve mm -hmm. that is connecting essentially your entire digestive tract, this enteric nervous system with, you know, the rest of your, your body. So it's really important to understand there is like a specific nerve that we are talking about doing this. And there are different ways to stimulate it. Like you know, when we're talking about stress management tactics, when we're talking about management 
as well as relief, you know, there are ways to stimulate, you know, the vagus nerve specifically, you know, you can do things like, um, deep belly breaths. So we're talking about like really breathing a lot of air into the stomach and breathing out, you know, you can do things like box breathing. Once you have the, you know, stomach breathing figured out, um, randomly, you can also do gargling, like, um, which is something that's really, really funny, but like, you know, when you're gargling, like, let's say you're gargling mouthwash, or if you are sick, you're gargling like, like salt water or baking soda. I don't know if you ever did that Brit, but when I was a kid, it was like salt water and baking soda. If you had like a sore throat, but like stimulating that does stimulate the vagus nerve. And that can help to put you in a parasympathetic state because remind you, like if you're already stressed, like you're not going to be a very good at being in a parasympathetic state, which isn't necessarily ideal when it comes to optimizing things like digestion and hypertrophy and stuff like that. Like all the things we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like something that I do, um, especially when my food is really high. Well, I mean, in general, I try to do it, but I'm not rushing to my meal after training. Yeah. Um, so after training, a lot of times what you'll notice is that if you have your meal too quickly, you, or like, or you try to have your meal too quickly after training, you don't want it. Like you do not want it. Like your body, your, your body is your vagus nerve is not stimulated. Um, and so you'll, what I'll do is I'll sit and I'll just try like, or sometimes I'll lay down, like, and I'll just sit there and breathe before I go eat. Then I'll Mm -hmm. get myself back into that parasympathetic state so that my food can digest normally. Um, but if I don't, a lot of times what I'll notice is the stress from train. Like I have so much stress during training. I end up having digestive issues for my post-workout if I have it too quickly. Um, so that's like a way like that, that's for me. Some people don't have that, but I have that bad. Um, and so I have to lay down or I have to do something to get myself back into that PNS state so that I don't have digestive issues, like the hours after I eat. And that's how I moderate my stress. Um, so the, the, knowing your stressors is a big thing um, and knowing what you need to do to moderate that. Cause I could just like eat right after and not give a shit and be like, I'm just gonna eat. Like, but I know that <clears throat> having those digestive issues at night, it doesn't work for me, especially right. since I train later and it affects my sleep. So I have to really like find a way to moderate all of those things. And so, right, exactly. Know your stressors. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. For like post-workout for me, it's like, as soon as I'm done with my last failure rep, it's like, I will go on treadmill, walk it out for a little bit, stretch or foam roll, you know, drive home, listening to like binaural beats, Mm -hmm. which is like, this just like really calming music. You know, maybe the windows are down, maybe they're up, but you know, no more of my like head banging music, like nothing like super crazy. Like I I'm done, like I'm done simulating my body. I'm done stressing out my body. Now I'm trying to make sure that it can you know, essentially switch into this rest and digest state as smoothly as possible. So like when I get home, you know, I will prep my food, but I won't heat it up yet. And then I'll go take a shower, you know, put on some clean clothes and then I'll eat, you know, then it's like my body's like, okay, well now we can receive this food. But, you know, I think a lot of people, they just want to, they think they have this like anabolic golden window where they just slam like the Targo or Carbolin with some like whey protein. Yeah. And then they're wondering why they're like shitting their brains out like 30 yes. minutes afterward. And I then, then they'll have a cold brew too. No, it's like, I, they'll have caffeine no, after I, they train. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, getting up. you're getting me hyped up because there's someone that I know that is probably <laughs> listening and I'm talking to you like I'm talking to you and he likes to have protein literally like minutes after he stops training 
he'll he'll start drinking protein he's, and he's then like he'll slapping his then, race, like and then, and, then, and then he'll he'll be like oh i'm having so many things i'm like i feel gassy he's like and i'm like well yeah like you just trained out of your you just trains your your balls off like oh like so yeah um it's a thing it's a real thing um so like, and just to let you all know, like this is complete, this might be a little bit off topic, but you don't have to eat right after your training session, especially if you have an intro workout involved. You right. do not need to rush to go get your food um, unless you feel like you do. Um, but you generally, especially if you're in the off season um, or you're in, a, you're in a maintenance phase or whatever, you're not in a deficit, like you really don't need to rush for all that. Um, and there's no real anabolic window that you need to try and fit your food in as long as you're not eating like five hours after training. Right. <laughs> like for me, it's like maybe an hour, like after an hour, it's like, I'm not even yeah. hungry necessarily, yeah. but like, I know I should eat type of deal. Cause again, when you're in off season, yeah, like you never yeah. want to eat anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, you gotta, you gotta get the meal in, but yeah. I, I usually give myself like no more than like an hour and a half. Like, mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going to get this going. But at yeah, least exactly. I gave myself, at least I gave myself some time, right? right? Like you don't have to rush to that food, um, especially if it stresses you out. Like we're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. So. so, so now when we're looking at stress management tactics, the most important thing is you need to identify and manage your stressors and understand that how someone manages their specific stressor is going to be different for you. And it's important to check in with yourself often. So identify how you cope with stress and if it's beneficial to you, you know, maybe it's, you know, journaling a lot. Maybe it's, you know, coming up with a game plan scheduling. Maybe it's, you know, getting a therapist or going to like council meetings or like a group or something like that, where you talk about things, because like that can be like, not only that socialization, but that camaraderie can be really, really beneficial as well, you know, mental health wise. And then if you're taking care of yourself mentally, your body's going to respond beautifully to that too. You know, I'm going to give you an example of this. Well, one, this is my a little bit of a social time that helps me out throughout the week. But then also like, I remember I had asked, like being a coach on Mark's team, um, <clears throat> I asked him to meet before, this is before we, do, we were doing one-on-ones. I went to Mark and I said, can we have a weekly one-on-one? And mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like it will help me to, to communicate with you and to have some social time with you because I'm working with you um, and to help me feel less stressed. Like, and I don't know, like, I didn't know what I was really asking for, but really was, I was just asking for like a time to communicate so that I know that he's on the same page and I'm on the same page. And that can, that can really help like your stress levels. Um, Even with your partner, if you have a partner, um, asking for time or shoveling time just to talk about each other and to talk to one another, however much time you need during the week or during the day, like that'll, that'll really help you. And I, I didn't realize how much that impacted me, um, until I started, it started impacting me, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Exactly. Exactly. Other ways we're talking about managing stress is like managing your time. So like I said, scheduling ahead, sticking to a routine, creating boundaries, like have a start time, have a stop time. Like those are super freaking important to do that because like as a coach, you really want to be available to your clients 24 seven. I see some coaches being like, Oh, 24 seven support. That's bullshit. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. It's bullshit. You need to sleep too. 
Like you need time for your family too. Your clients can text you 24 seven, but you will not be responsive 24 seven. And I think that needs to be a clear indicator because if you are, God help you, you will not, you will not last long in this game. Well, yeah. And if you say you are, and then you're not like your clients will feel like you're advertising something that you actually can't give. Mm -hmm. So it's important to be honest and just be like, Hey, like on Saturdays, for example, and on usually there's a couple of days out of the week that I'm not as responsive, but Saturdays for sure. I'm not responding. Like, and I tell my, I tell my athletes, like, if you send me anything past a certain time on Friday, it won't get responded to until Sunday. Um, because I have to give myself time to be Brittany and not just have my coach hat all the time on all the time. And then also, you know, just boundaries as far as like time to hit me up. Like if it's 10 PM, like you can't expect a, a a response. Um, Mm -mm. and so just like setting boundaries and, um, like creating your time management, like, and having time management, super important and sticking to your routine. Like I'm trying to get better at, at being productive in the time that I have scheduled for myself. Right. Instead of, instead of having, feeling like I have all day to do things and just getting them done when I can get them done. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that would definitely help like my own time management and my own feelings of like confidence, knowing that I'm getting my stuff done. Like when I say I'm getting them done. Right. Um, That's really why I like the idea of like Andy Frisella's powerless, because like I'll pick the things that I know I need to get done today. And it's kind of like a game against myself. It's like, well, how quickly can I get these done? Just so that way the rest of the day is for me. And, you know, there are some days where I, you know, obviously maybe bite off more than I can chew. Like today, for example, like I had all of these things that I wanted to do before I leave tomorrow afternoon, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm 14,000 steps in and I'm tired. So I know if I push myself to do the rest of those things, when Eric gets home, I'm going to be a little bitch and I don't want to be a little bitch to him. Like I miss him. Like I want to make sure that like when he comes home, you know, I'm, you know, excited to see him. So I'm going to push that off to tomorrow morning and it's going to be okay. But it's important to like make sure that you set time for yourself as well. Get the things that you need to get done done for the day, but then make sure that you're creating that family time or you time. Maybe it's an Epsom salt bath. Maybe it's doing yoga, reading, you know, investing in your hobbies, whatever those may be. Um, not bodybuilding, <laughs> not <Yeah>. training, <laughs> but something yeah. that actually makes you feel like good, you know, like actually relieved of stress. Right, right. And then also um, taking rest days. So that's a way mm. to freaking take time management. And, and you don't have like, even if you don't feel like you need a rest day, you need rest days. I don't know who doesn't feel like they don't need a rest day. If they, if they feel like know, that, you're not training. Don't train, like, people that don't train like that, they think they should go to the gym six, seven days a week. Those are the people that mm. feel like they don't need rest days. Um, And, but there are some people that just really like to, they're, they're addicted to movement and they like to be active. Um, and so if, even if you don't feel like you need to like schedule out your rest days and have, and stick to that schedule. Like if you go on a, if you're on a two on one off split, do it. If you're and and stick to it, don't go two on or three on one off because you're like, you just felt like it, like, just, just stick to it. Like just stick to it and stick to your rest days. Um, I think that you know, there's no, there's no shame in, in taking an extra rest day if you need it, you know, um, 
but don't add in more training days. I would say like, if it's anything you're going to need to not do is don't add in more training days. But if you need to take more rest days, take the damn rest day. Um, it's going to be super important for your recovery. Um, and especially if like, for example, you might not feel like you want to take an extra rest day, but tomorrow your schedule is crazy and you don't, and you don't really have time to train, but you could train, but it would be a very lackluster like session. Well, you are, you are, your cup is too full. You're too overwhelmed anyway. So why add on training when you're already overwhelmed? I had this happen like last week. I was on my menstrual and I was really emotionally overwhelmed. I was at work. I had millions of things going on. On top of that, I was on my cycle. Like it was like my first day. And I was like, I'm just going to take a rest day because, (laughs) because, you know, like I just have to pause. Like I could train, but even though it's, it's my day to train, it's not the right time for me to do this. I'm way too, I I have way too much stress going on. Um, And so I took the extra rest day. And the next time I trained was awesome. Um, but that, that's how you, you kind of negotiate with yourself. Exactly. And also I want to touch on something, just training arms or just training abs, <laughs> not a rest day. Not a rest I, need, day. I need to make sure that's very clear. If you, if your ass is going to the gym for anything other than stretching and mobility work, it is not a rest day. Not rest day. Like it, it, when you are training. Okay. First of all, training upper body increases blood pressure a lot, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, if you're going to failure and you're just like, you're like, oh, it's a smaller part. So it's not that big of a deal. Like it's my rest day. Like you're just an idiot. Like you're just an idiot. I used to do, I used to do it and I used to be an idiot and I'm not anymore. And I'm telling you, you're an idiot. Um, stop just a rest day is a rest day. You don't do anything on rest days um, except get your steps if you need to. Um, if you, if you want to like, just follow your protocol, get your steps. And, um, if you go to the gym, it should be stretching. It should be foam rolling. It should be mobility work. Um, it shouldn't be anything having to pick up weights where you're huffing and puffing and any, anything like that. And even core work, if you're going in and you're like, it's a rest day and I'm doing core and cardio, it's not a rest day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Anyway, who got that off, got that off your chest. Um, mental groundwork. So meditation, gratitude, breathing techniques. I find that mental shifts in the beginning of the day really help with my stress levels. So like, you know, waking up and practicing gratitude um, and breathing, um, having to like, or like writing down what you're grateful for. I talked about this in my story yesterday. Um, having the get, I get to do this versus I have to do these things throughout the day, um, feeling. And I think that laying that mental groundwork in the beginning of your day is like the best time to do it. So exactly. No, I completely agree. And I even did a post today about having that get to versus have to mindset. It's like mindset is so big in bodybuilding. It is so big, even in life. And so many people just draw in this negative energy because they put out this negative energy mm-hmm. and they don't understand that it's, you know, hurting them to be, you know, toxic to themselves. And so, you know, I always have to kind of put things into perspective for myself. And so if I'm really struggling, like I'll like take a second, I'll be like, Ash, some people didn't wake up today. Yeah. And like, fuck, if that doesn't hit you hard, it's like some yeah. people did not wake up today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that always like you have to remember like bodybuilding is something that you choose to do mm-hmm. um and so all of the things that you're like oh i gotta do this i gotta do that like you don't gotta do anything you don't have to do anything right you don't. um and so and, and you choose to so just keep that in mind like when you feel stress over like your hobby um if you have just mental shifts, like it won't feel like, it won't feel like such a large task. Right. And honestly, like doing the thing, like if you really love to do bodybuilding or in anything that you love to do, it won't feel like such a large task. It just is, it's, it doesn't stress, like it doesn't stress me out to track my food all day. I do it mm-hmm. all day long. It doesn't stress me out to, to shovel out time to train. I do it all the time. It doesn't like, but there are some people that like, fitness, not even bodybuilding fitness really stresses them out. Um, but that's because they, they don't do it very often. They don't do it. Uh, they don't, it's not like a lifestyle to them. Right. Right. Um, so do the things that you can integrate into your lifestyle, whether it's bodybuilding or not, um, that are part of who you are so that it doesn't stress you out. Like, so just have, have mental shifts about like what activities you engage in and why, like, why are you doing it? Um, if it, if it doesn't make you feel good. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. And two final pieces to kind of discuss implement stress relief tactics. So there's a difference between managing your stress and stress relief. So again, managing your stress is kind of all the things we just touched on, but when it comes down to stress relief, like doing things that are good for your body, good for your soul. So like we are thinking of like like physical manipulation. So like massage, massages, like cupping, um, myofascial release, like foam rolling, stuff like that. Yoga, um, you know, Epsom salt baths are also really great. Even bubble baths are great. Um, so like having the physical body taken care of, but also having the mental body taken care of as well. So like engaging in hobbies, spending time with family, like doing things that just brings you utter joy can really help to just tell your body that, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. And then really the last thing that you want to like, remember is don't stress about your stress. Cause if you're one of those people that's like, you know, you feel stressed because you have all of these things to do, you're just making it worse. You're just like, was it putting gasoline on a fire? Like it just compounds. So just understand that like everything in life is practically a stress. Like your body's going to perceive it as a stress. You can't avoid all stress unless you like live in one of those like chambers, like I forget what they are, but like, like one of those float tank chambers, like, unless you choose to live in that 24 seven, like you just can't avoid stress, but you can learn to mediate it. And you can learn to shift your mindset and shift your focus to practicing gratitude and perceive stress differently to help you get ahead. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. Just remember, it's always going to be there. So the best thing we can do is just try to do what we need to do to mediate stress and to be better to ourselves. Um, and especially like in such a crazy like world where we're always looking at trying to have more and do more, like it's not always about more. Um, it's all, it's, it's a lot about like being cool with what you have here and now um, and living in the present. I think that one of the biggest things like about bodybuilding is that we're always, we somehow always just stress and think about like the future because we're thinking about what we will be um and what we want to be and instead of thinking about like how much like this is a mental shift in itself instead of thinking about like what we will be and what we want to be think about like 
how far you've already come to this point. And then it becomes a, oh, wow, like last year or the year before I was wishing to be where I am now and I'm, I'm where I am now. Um, and so that's a mental shift in itself um, that'll, that'll make your journey a lot more enjoyable. Exactly. Exactly. Like, to, you know, to give a good, good example for that, it's like the biggest thing for me that was so freeing about my bodybuilding career is not caring when I compete again. Like, I don't give a shit. Like if I compete before I'm 30, that'd be great. But if I don't, I'm not going to be heartbroken, but like losing that attachment to the stage and just fucking building the body. So mentally freeing. And you know what Brit said, it's like, she's right. Like there was a time guys where I was over 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like that's nuts. And now where I'm like wearing, you know, crop tops in my off season, because you know, my upper body feels fucking jacked. Like I'm finally starting to notice like my quads to my quads are growing. Like that's so cool. Like focusing on the now and appreciating where you've come from and the, the future is going to be the future. Like, don't worry about it. Like it'll come, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, wise words from, from <laughs> Ash right there. Um, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We had fun during this episode. Um, definitely very natural to talk about how to moderate stress because that's what we do all day. Um, And so, yeah, we will be talking to you next week. Not sure what we're talking about yet, Um, but. uh, It'll be episode 15. It'll It'll be be episode episode 15. 15. That's what we know. Like, (laughs) holla. So once we get into 20, man, and then we'll get into 100. And then we'll be like, man, 